0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chapter 9 of Dave Dashaway and his Hydroplane by Roy Rockwood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9. A Giant Airship. Dave Dashaway and his friend were promptly on hand at the Aegis Hangar at 8 o'clock that evening. Usually the boys took their meals with Mr. King. A group of the airman's admirers, however, had insisted on a special dinner at a hotel just outside the grounds. Hiram piloted the way for Dave to the restaurant on the field. He had worked for the man having it in charge, and the best meal possible was set out for them, free of charge. They found Mr. King in the little partitioned-off room of the aegis hangar, which he used as an office. The airman sat before a desk, littered up with a variety of papers. One of these, Dave noticed as he entered, was a detailed drawing of an immense airship. "'Oh, arrived, eh?' spoke the aviator with a pleasant smile as the boys came into view. "'Glad of it. Get comfortable seats, and we'll have a little chat.' The boys settled themselves in camp chairs. Mr. King closed the door of the apartment, and sat down again. Hiram regarded him eagerly and expectantly. "'I've got something to tell you, lads,' began the airman, after a brief, thoughtful pause. "'This is business, and of course you will be wise enough to treat it confidentially.' "'I love to keep secrets,' declared the ardent Hiram, and Dave smiled and nodded assent to the sentiment. "'I have been thinking and planning for a big event for some time, continued Mr. King. "'As how, now?' asked Hiram, devoured with suspense. "'Well, in the first place I propose to build a giant airship.' "'I know,' said Hiram. "'A big passenger monoplane.' "'No,' interrupted the aviator. "'What I want is a dirigible airship.' "'Pshaw! Only a balloon,' remarked Hiram, disappointedly. "'Not at all.' "'corrected the good-natured airman. "'Except for the self-sustaining power, "'it will be constructed on the best aeroplane principles. "'I have been working on it for some months, "'and only yesterday I got the figures on the machine.' "'What is it for, Mr. King?' "'submitted the inquisitive Hiram. "'Exhibitions?' "'No. "'Its first big feat is to cross the Atlantic.' "'Cross the Atlantic? Ocean?' almost gasped the excited Hiram. "'Cross the Atlantic,' repeated Dave, in a startled yet thoughtful manner. He sat looking fixedly at the aviator, as if fascinated. The novelty, the immensity of the proposition stunned Dave. "'Can it be done?' he asked in a low, intense tone, vast dreams running through his mind at lightning speed. "'According to my calculations, yes,' replied Mr. King, definitely. "'Oh, it is no new idea with me. The project has been the constant ideal of every advanced airman. It has got to come to that, if aeronautics is the progressive science we enthusiasts believe it to be.' "'I would like to be the first one to win such a triumph,' said Dave. "'Yes, the first one gets the fame,' said the airman. "'The prize, too.' If such an experiment was rationally started, I believe the profession and its backers would put up a small fortune to go to the successful winner. Now, boys, I have great confidence in you. What has held me back has been the lack of capital. Say, Mr. King, broke in Hiram impetuously, I've got nearly thirty dollars saved up and Dave... "'It will take a bigger amount than we three put together can earn "'just to get the plans of the giant airship on paper,' "'said Mr. King with an indulgent smile at his loyal young friends. "'If I go to any regular aero-promoters, they will want all the proceeds. "'I can raise a few thousand dollars myself and do as much more among my friends, "'but all put together, the amount wouldn't even make a beginning.' "'How much will it take, Mr. King?' asked dave seriously at least twenty five thousand dollars whew whistled hiram it's no child's play it's a big risk and there's no doing it halfway declared mr king last night while i was planning over it a sudden idea came to me dashaway you remember that fellow who stole my watch and money and metal from you YOU MEAN THE YOUNG THIEF WHO CALLED HIMSELF Briggs AND THEN GREG? EXACTLY. YES, MR. KING. AND HOW HE USED SOME LETTERS SENT TO YOUR FATHER FROM A GREAT FRIEND OF HIS? MR. DALE? Nodded DAVE, WONDERING WHAT ALL THIS HAD TO DO WITH THE GIANT AIRSHIP SCHEME. WELL, AS YOU KNOW, THAT YOUNG SCAMP, GREG, HAD GONE TO MR. DALE WHO HAD NEVER SEEN YOU, AND BY MEANS OF THE LETTERS STOLEN FROM YOU, made him believe that he was the son of his old friend. So delighted was Mr. Dale that he practically adopted young Greg. In fact, he was on the point of making the pretended Dave Dashaway heir to all his fortune. You told me about that, said Dave. When we left Dayton to come here, we had to make a hurried jump to fill our contract, as you know. I let Greg go after recovering my stolen property from him. "'but I got a written confession of his bold imposture first. "'You know my plan was for you and me to go where Mr. Dale lives "'and introduce him to the real Dave Dashaway. "'You see, although I have managed to scare that old tyrant guardian of yours, Silas Warner, into leaving you alone, "'I feared he might work some trick to get you back in his clutches again. "'I've thought a good deal about that lately,' said Dave." My plan was to have this Mr. Dale go to Brookville, show up Warner, and apply for your guardianship. Yes, then I would feel safe, said Dave. Well, Mr. Dale, having been an old balloonist, would probably not object to your remaining in the same line of business in which your father was famous. I should think he would be pleased, remarked Hiram, who was always interested and active on any conversation going on. I counted on that, resumed the aviator. At all events, not being able to go or send Dave to Warrington to meet this Mr. Dale, I wrote a friend of mine who lives in Warrington. I told him the whole story, instructing him to inform Mr. Dale so if this Greg came around again he would be ready to treat him as an imposter. My friend wrote me only yesterday that Mr. Dale was off on an automobile trip and might not be back for a day or two he said that mr dale was a very lonely old bachelor he had been delighted to take up greg believing him to be the son of his old balloonist comrade so you would be sure to receive a really grand welcome dave i'm glad of that said dave filled with a deep gratitude as he contrasted his present circumstances with his former forlorn condition now then to business continued mr king briskly I don't want to work anybody with my personal schemes, but I see a chance to put my giant airship project on its feet. Why, cried Dave brightly, you mean to interest Mr. Dale? That's just what I do mean, assented the aviator. Dave rose to his feet, excited and pleased. Mr. King, he said earnestly, I not only would do all I could to have Mr. Dale join you, but I feel sure he would be glad to take an interest in your plan. It's worth trying anyway, responded the airman. I'm going to go by rail to Warrenton tomorrow, in the hope of finding Mr. Dale at home. I shall send you to him later. All of this isn't grand or exciting or anything of that sort, is it now? ejaculated Hiram, as Dave and he returned to the baby racer hangar. "'I hope Mr. King's plans come out all right,' responded Dave. "'I'll do a good deal to repay him for all he has done for me.' "'And me, too,' echoed Hiram. "'He's a fine fellow.' Mr. King departed on his journey the next day. Dave was not on the program, so he practiced some with a hydroplane. Coming home for dinner, he found a letter from the interstate people. They were cheery and optimistic over the completion of their new model aero-hydroplane. It had been tested and worked splendidly. The company stated that they would ship the machine to the meet at Columbus two days later. Dave told Hiram about the machine, and the latter was in a fever of expectation over its anticipated arrival. The boys were eating their supper at the King Hanger later in the day, when a telegraph messenger appeared. "'Message for Mr. Dave Dashaway,' he said. "'I'm your man,' replied Dave. He signed for the message, tore open the envelope, and glanced rapidly over the enclosure. His face clouded as he did so, for the message was from his employers, the Interstate Aero Company, and it read, "'Cancel all dates. Come on at once.' trouble end of chapter 9